Hi everyone. Good evening and happy Tuesday. We're back. I think today we're here to talk about boundary, but I was thought I really wished I stick to my gun and talk about sweating instead because today's a really, really sweaty day, at least on my part. Anyway, so we're going <laughs> to talk about boundaries. Um, before we dive in, as always, just a bit of plug. Please follow us on social. Please tell people that we're doing this. Please, um, I don't know, go back and watch us again on YouTube or share the ones that you think is going to be useful for people. I think that's a page that you can um, contribute to on True Yoga. Paul might be able to put something up. And also, um, if you are interested in Colin's wisdom and teaching, I think he has a new book that is available on Amazon and available on Waterstone. He may show it, he may not, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, please support us. So I think Colin has quite a few questions about boundaries to ask. I do, actually. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of interested in what I'd like to do, first of all, is to ask any of you that are with us today just to maybe just give your understanding about what you think boundaries are. Um, I, I also want to know what the purpose of boundaries are as well, because, I mean, we, we heard this term boundaries, you know, boundaries, boundaries. But what are, the, what, what are boundaries? What's the purpose of boundaries? What are they exactly? Um, is a boundary confining? Is it expansive? Um, is it protective? Does it keep us safe or is it actually porous? Um, is a boundary flexible? You know, why do we put boundaries in place with one person, but yet not another person? Why, you know, so I, I just want to understand just a little bit more about boundaries today. So firstly, um, over to you guys, what do you think? And this is just a question. Just what do you think about boundaries? What's your, your immediate thought about this? You can either put it into the chat or if you want to say something, please say something. I'll share first, Colin. I, I, I was just going to say, the, when you're saying all the questions about boundaries, the only real area that I can think of boundaries is in relationships. That's the kind of one that all that sprung to mind. Um, I was struggling to kind of think of where else. I'm sure there are other boundaries in other areas, but it's it seemed to be in interpersonal relationships, whether that was kind of a romantic relationship or a relationship at work sort of thing. Um, so that's the main dynamic of where I saw boundaries playing out. Thank you, Paul. Anyone else? Hi, I'll add my bit. In my world, the um, most famous or the best known boundary is the work-life boundary. Um, and I think most people use the idea of work-life boundary um, as in imp implicitly thinking that their life has to be protected from their work. So I think when we hear the expression work-life boundary, it tends to mean that work is the aggressor and that if we don't do something to kind of defend ourselves against it, we will lose out on the life side, i.e. the things that we would like to do personally. So that's, that's what boundary tends to mean um, in my world. Thank you so much, Leah. Thank you. Anyone else? Um, 
I was just thinking about the word flexible and thinking that um, I suppose if a boundary is set down, the idea is that it's not flexible. Mm. Flexible, it could be, I suppose, in terms of, you could have a boundary for one person, but, uh, but not another. But in terms of once it's set, I, I don't know. No, that's interesting, that one. It's yeah. interesting, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Carol. Paula, were you going to say something? She's having good boundary and saying no. <laughs> yeah, it's very important, really important. Um, so, what, what, Dr. Stanford, what, what's your feeling? Um, I, I have lots of thinking about boundary, lots of experience with boundary. Mm. What I was thinking just now is actually Claire's point on boundary being separation between something that you want to defend and like almost an aggressor. And I'm thinking, is that always the case? Um, like what Paul has said, it, it, it often apply into relationship um boundaries because you know the literal meaning in, in from my interpretation is where one thing ends and another begins and that is in you know inherently the, the the relationship between two things but actually when I keep thinking about it a little bit more and also thinking searching kind of internally about my boundaries sometimes things that I say like deciding what I say yes to and what I say no to like Paula just did like you know what I say yes to what I say no to but that's not only externally, also internally as well. Like kind of what I say yes to for myself and what I say no to for myself. Um, so yes, I think sometimes for me, the, re the, the relationship can be one is an aggressor. I was like, no, you're not doing good things to my life. You're not doing good things to my emotion, my health. I'm saying no to you. But sometimes also an accepting relationship. Actually, no, I want to invite you in inside my boundary, so to speak, because you are nourishing or you're helpful. You make me happy. So that that is what I'm just thinking right now. It's interesting. I, I've, I like what you said, because I... I... When I, when I think about boundary, um, there's a few things that I start to think about. Um, from a yoga perspective, I, I start to think about, firstly, context. So boundary, there's a, there's a context that occurs around boundary. The, and I also like what you said with regard to, it, it, it's like a divide, you know, between one realm and another realm. But yoga um, looks at this in a slightly different way, which I kind of find, find very, very fascinating. And, it only really occurred to me by, by actually kind of researching this more and more is that rather than it be a dividing point between realms, it's actually the point of union between two realms. So rather than it being a dividing point, it's a uniting point. It's a point where two realms actually unite. And so whether that's a physical point of uniting, so it's you and I in a room together, there's, there's, a, there's a uniting that occurs. And then we start to in a healthy way, we can begin to understand how that actually is, also energetically, mentally, within our belief systems as well. If we have this, this kind of uniting point or these points where we, you know, you and I engage with each other, we have a particular belief system with a boundary about where we are. So, you know, sometimes I remember when I turned up late a few times 
And you looked at me and you were like, dude, you turned up late. I don't know. You, do. you know, you, you, you were very clear that I'd overstepped a boundary. So if for me, it, it, this also occurs emotionally, but also spiritually as well. So in a way, what we're doing is we're looking at this in yoga as a, as a point of union. It, it's a point where two things come together. And that for me is a boundary. And it, it means that a boundary is a point that brings things together. And rather than it being a dividing point, something that needs to be cut, it's actually a uniting point that makes something very whole. And because it makes something whole, there's a stability in the person if the boundary is in the right way. If the boundary is not in the right way, then there becomes an instability. And so for me, the, the, the idea of a boundary is to, in yoga, is to begin to understand very clearly about this internal and external relationship. And there is only a boundary issue when someone gets hurt, whether that's us or where someone else gets hurt. It means the boundary is actually in the wrong place. Does that do you, does that definition start to make? Is this kind of a different sort of definition on this, Sanford? No, it makes it makes a lot of sense because it actually I was going to ask you about what's the yoga perspective on boundary because I, I as I was learning with you, especially through the sutras, there seems to be um, a suggestions or teaching about how you meditate into something and you kind of be um, really getting into the state of the things that you're meditating on and that you eventually got almost kind of becoming one so I, I i have actually thought of that as an example of boundary does it mean that you lose the boundary or in your definition which beautifully explained that actually the union point is the boundary in yoga's perspective and i'm kind of smiling on the inside because sounds like great this is probably one of the webinars that we don't we're not going to agree on completely between the western medicine perspective and the eastern side because yeah. i think in the eastern side it's very much i wouldn't say it's a point where we cut but I think it, it is a separation point. I think in the Western psychology, sometimes boundaries very much, or at least in modern psychology, it seems to be related to self-esteem as well, where like kind of having the response, taking the responsibility of your own action, your own life, so to speak, and not blaming others. And it, it seems to be kind of how you separate or establish yourself from everyone else and that that seems to be the perspective that i i get more sense of from mm. my my experience and my research so that's why i was like oh good i i, I can't wait to hear more from you now because yeah. i'm gonna be saying something different yeah but, but for me this is interesting because actually uh, what you're saying is what yoga is talking about the projected world it says that actually what we do is we construct a projected world based on a number of rules based on the actions that we do, the thoughts we have, the intentions that we have, the interactions that we have, we construct this world. And actually this world is constructed based on a number of rules and the rules that we put in place, we these rules are actually the meeting point for numbers of different boundaries that we have. And so the rules actually becomes the points of boundary. And it means that we have to take into account, firstly, the role that we take, and what role we're actually taking. And, I, and, I, and I, let me give you an example about this, because for me, when we look at this is that, and I love what you talked about meditation with regard to this as well. And I, I, I've got three things I want to kind of say, because it kind of a little bit, a bit of interesting, because you've, 
for me, a boundary is an adventurous place of opportunity. You know, it, it's where you learn. I, I'm learning about what I believe in and what I'm actually engaging with at that point of boundary. So I'm actually linking with something. And a successful meeting point or a link that I'm creating or a boundary, that is actually yoga. And that's what I find very interesting because it, when we're aware, and the key is actually when we're aware of our surroundings, the interaction, it's a healthy boundary because I have to be aware of the interaction and my surroundings. It's a healthy boundary. And what that does is it gives us the, and that's the basis of practicing all healthy meditation as well, is that you're beginning to understand how to connect with something and how to separate from it how to connect with something, how to separate from it, because it, it, it's, it is a very precise training because you're actually looking at an awareness of how you're coming to link with the things in the world, the rules that you put on those things in the world and how you then create all these different boundaries in place based on these rules. Okay, and, and it's interesting because Paul mentioned about interpersonal relationships. We start to put a rule down in place to say, well, actually, if you say you're gonna give me a call, you know, give me a call. Don't wait three days and then give me a call. You know, it, 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 there's a people cross boundaries in lots of different ways. If I give an example, I got a call this morning. So I need just need some help with Stanford. I got a call from a friend of mine this morning, and uh, he said, he said, I'm, he said, Colin, I need some help. He said, I'm really, really, really low. I said, what's what's going on? He says, Well, I've got my house is being built and I'm living in a rented accommodation. And I'm living next door to the house being built, rented accommodation. And I'm staying in this house. And the builder that's doing it, he's, you know, he he's such a nice guy. We come over, he has chats with me, we have coffee together. Um, he's like, yeah, don't worry, I'll look after you. It's all going to be okay. It'll get done. And he said this has been going on for 10 months longer than it should do. And he said, I'm looking at this and it needs two weeks. That's all it needs is two weeks of just getting everything done. So it's all finished off. And he said, I can't seem to say anything to him. You know, I can't, you know, he comes around, we have coffee. He was such good friends. You understand what I'm saying? So for me, there's lots and lots of this that goes on because we put rules in place. Okay, we get on really well with people. Okay, he loves getting on really well with this guy. They get on so well. But I'm saying to him, who's in charge? What are you frightened of? And he's saying to me, well, I said, well, who's in charge? Are you employing him? Well, he's so nice. He's doing this. He's doing that. He's doing the other. Okay, so who's the boss? Your Paying for this. Oh, but he's doing some bits. I said, listen to yourself. So we're understanding straight away within the interaction where the boundaries lie. It's quite interesting, isn't it? And also, I said, what are you finding? Well, then the job will never get done. So he's the only builder in the world, is he? Do you know what I mean, Stanford? Love it. Love it when Colin becomes challenging. It's challenging. <laughs> Yeah, but, but this is what I mean about boundaries, because I I, I think that, it, and I always say this from the outset of any interpersonal relationship, 
is where we lay down the boundaries that will then be used right the way through that relationship. Otherwise, what happens is we start to lay down and the outset of the relationship, all the different patterns, all the different rules, and actually there can be imbalances. Does this, Paul, does that make any sense? Yeah, it does. And um, <clears throat> it's really funny you say that you shared that because I've got an example of where I live. I live in like a, a, a square of 12 houses and someone has purchased one of the middle houses. Um, so they purchased and moved in yesterday. And obviously people were kind of meeting and saying hello and kind of welcoming. Um, but unfortunately, they decided to have a party and were up singing Don't Cry For Me Argentina until like 1130 at night and things like that. So then people either side, they could hear kind of people several houses down. And it was just so clear, like the boundaries were being set and people were kind of going, that's not OK or this isn't OK. And and setting from the start, as you say, and it's kind of if they let that slide, that would then be the tone for that kind of housing relationship moving forwards. But because they've kind of set a a boundary of what they feel is OK and not OK. Um, so, yeah, it's really, really interesting, as you say, and it's about are you okay with approaching someone and saying this is my boundary and not being worried about what they may or may not say sort of thing because that's I think the thing for me that if I was in that situation I'd be like oh what if they shout at me or what if this happens what whereas rather than going with what your boundary is you're going on the fear of what may happen and not sure if you're able to deal with that situation um, which is really interesting. Thank you. What I also find interesting, which is something that Carol picked up on earlier on, is can is this like lay down once and for all and not ever change, or can actually be flexible? Because I I teach like medical students, I teach some of my junior colleagues as well. I got to the stage where I'm old enough now to now start teaching people, um, <laughs> and, slightly older. Uh, and actually, it's one of the things that I usually would tell my juniors, especially because previously I, I just moved workplace. I was working at addiction service where there's a lot of, lot of like heart wrenching, really almost, I'll use the word deliberately addictive story that you'll hear. And I often say, I'm going to turn sideways so you can see, like as, as, a, as a clinician, you have a choice to either really lean in, you can sit back or you can like be in the middle. And there's no right or there's no wrong, but it's kind of, you have to be quite perceptive of yourself. Like, are you the clinician that always going to lean in and you want to give a little bit more, want to give it your all? And almost, I sometimes hear my colleagues said, or sometimes my, my, my students say, oh my God, that patient is so lovely and vulnerable. And just, well, I just want to take them home and just to care for them and just to help them a little bit more and they will be fine. Or you're going to be the person who is like, actually, no, I'm I'm here as a clinician. I, I, I'm going to set my firm boundary. I'm going to sit back. I'm not going to get involved emotionally. I'm not going to show anything. Boundary set. Or you can be somewhere in the middle. The more I teach, the more I realize, actually, that leaning in, sitting back, sitting middle, actually change over time, even with the same patients. One consultation um, may, re may require more because they just have something really bad, like there's a bereavement in the family or they lost something else. Uh, there's a major relationship breakdown where you want to lean in and give a bit more. Or there's another time where kind of like Colin's example where it's like, actually, no, you need to set firmer boundaries. You, 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 you could have done better. Like this is, you know, you need to realize what you have done and haven't done. 
Um, so I actually starting to think actually it can be flexible. It's not once and for all. But I don't know what you think, Colin or Carol. Well, Carol, I mean, I'm it, it, maybe if I explain it a bit more, because for me, um, a, a boundary and stability are very closely connected to one another. And in one way, this this idea for me, and I, I've been discussing this quite a lot with people, is that instability, instability is something that has to keep moving. It's a flexible entity because it, it means everything is changing around us all the time. Every single thing constantly changes. So if everything is changing, but we want to remain exactly the same, then we're going to have an issue. So. I actually need to keep changing and keep changing and keep changing as everything is changing around me. So for me, this idea of a boundary is something that needs to be flexible in order to maintain my stability. And so that's why it's driven by context and driven by situation. So that's my, and I, and I can give lots and lots of examples of this. Carol, what do you think, having asked this question? So I was just thinking about... Um you've got sort of different personalities. So say I'm a teacher and there's somebody in my class who is quite disruptive in some way. So I have to, I have to decipher, I have to, to, to decide how I'm gonna be with that person. It may not be the same with other people. So I might have to set firm boundaries with that one person. And in, even in a group situation, and then with other people, I don't have to be so firm. So if somebody's quite disrespectful, for instance, then I can set a boundary with them individually, but I may not have to do that with other people. So it's a kind of, you know, this isn't, I'm, am I explaining this properly? So in, in a sort of a teaching situation, there's usually a rule that you pick someone up if they, I don't know, um, keep interrupting or but just just something that you say at the beginning, right? I don't want people to interrupt. Da, 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 da. And then somebody keeps doing it. Then you have to sort of call them out. But then someone else might do it, but they might do it for a different reason. I don't know. Do you see what I mean? There might be a... So, Carol, what you're saying is you're you're saying a couple of very interesting things. First is that you're talking about the external boundaries that we put in place in order to manage a situation. So we put some boundaries and rules in place in order to create and manage this group. And often they're built on a number of different other rules that we've got in place and belief systems that we have in place within us. So there's these internal, deeper, underlying boundaries that we have. And then we've also got the ones that we have to project out into the world in order to manage the construct of the world in another way. Does that make any sense? And there has to be a coherence between the deeper ones and the ones opposing on the surface. Otherwise, there's a problem. Yeah, I suppose what I'm saying is in the same situation, I, I'm going to treat people differently and my boundaries will be different for different people within the same context. But I, I think they appear to be different. Yeah. I think they, there's just the, the the appearance of them being different on the surface, but yet there's still an underlying principle underneath, which is a which is a boundary, which is yeah. based on 
a role that you're taking at that particular point. Mm -hmm. Do do you see what I mean? So I think we've got these two sort of structures that are kind of working together, this internal world and this external world Mm -hmm. that are kind of working. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Thank you. Stanford, is that... Yes, and and lately I've been again as always I've been reading a lot of different various topics of books, and one of them is about witchcraft and stuff. And it was very inten- interesting. It talking about how uh, well, it's talking about the setting a spell, doing magic, and things like that. And actually, that that the internal intention is always the starting point. It's almost like the seeds that you plant. Um, and that's what, what got me thinking about actually my own internal boundaries, not just about saying no, it's also about saying yes. It's like what what I'm what I'm opening myself towards and um and and what I'm rejecting in some way or what I'm not accepting in some way. And I think yes, it it, it is a constantly changing um line because a situation I deal with is different all the time and just like Harry you said like even in the same situation where you're teaching a lot of students but you actually as you said you probably have a different quality relationship with each and every single one of them so maybe yes it's even within the same environment the same time and setting everything but actually the boundary will be <laughs> different with all of them but then I guess my negotiation um, in a class setting or in a group setting is then what am I allowing myself to be presented as in this situation? Am I going to be firm and rigid, which most of the time I am, or am I going to be <laughs> lovely and accepting and nice and just anything goes kind of thing? I, I think I think that is how, in some way, kind of what I want to be seen and how I would like to be seen in the world as well. That is kind of another boundary that I negotiate with. Sorry, I don't know how I got from magic and spell setting to that, but anyway, there we go. It was quite, quite. A, I loved the move. It was a very good movement. It was really, I loved it. Um, but this, for me, is 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 confirming our definition of a boundary as something to reduce suffering that each of us have. Because even though it may be the point of union, the point of contact, it's that point of contact that we have with things. It is an interaction that we're having, and. That point of contact is an interaction. That interaction, if the point of con- if, if if the contact is too close to us, we may take things so seriously and so personally and 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 so deeply, but actually it's not personal because the point of the boundary is too close to us. Does that make sense? So I, I'm I'm so for me this is if we come to look at the definition of this, I, I think that. Uh, a boundary again. It, it, it's a it's a porous place. It's a place where we create this link. It's a place that we gather a huge amount of information in, and based on that information, where that information comes into, whether it it, it comes very deeply into us, like it hits us emotionally, or it hits us, um, it hits our belief system in a particular way, or you know, or hits us spiritually. We then express out in lots of different ways. So I think that the point of where our boundaries set and how people work with boundaries, yoga gives five different places where there are boundary issues. 
So it says that, you know, you're going to get into trouble if you've got no boundaries. This is called a yoga. It means there's a separation of links. There's no boundary. So it's like us having a field and we've got a field on one side, we've got a field on the other side. And we've got some sheep that come in to invade from one field to another field. And we go down to our field and the sheep are eating our grass and we're like trying to get the sheep off the grass. But it's because actually at the point of contact between these two places, it's not it's not clear. There's no boundary in place. And so what we do is it, it, it's almost in a way you can start to get different behaviors, you know, like love bombing behaviors. You know, when someone just kind of just kind of like, you're so wonderful, you're amazing. You just, they, they just go through and, and push through any type of thing. Do you see what I mean? There's no boundary in place. There's no, it, it's just, they, it's straight over into the, and the other person's like, ah, my grass is getting eaten. Um, you know, it, it's a, does that make sense, Stanford? So the, 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 this is the first one. And it's kind of an interesting situation because either one person or the other person gets hurt. And often the person that's being love bombed gets hurt because they believe it. Then we've also got um, another one, which is called V-Yoga. V-Yoga means there's a broken boundary, there's a broken link. It means that things were in place. Okay, so you started a training, Carol, and what happened is you started this group and you said, okay, everyone, please switch your phones off. Um, please ask questions, raise your hand to ask questions. And what happens is someone's on their phone in the class, someone else is just talking to someone else. It means that you you created this, but actually things started to break. Um, and, and it means that boundaries are being pushed. It's like someone wants to try and gain some more ground in a particular way. They're kind of, they, is, they push and push and push just to see how you react and you behave, whether you will do the right thing back again. What will you do? So V yoga is where there's a kind of a cut. There's this sort of, there's a cut in the boundary that's happening and someone is trying to, you know, find a way in get a trigger sort of play with some sort of aspect of control or power within this does that make sense and your job is to re-establish the union in, in a particular way to keep stability internally whilst they're externally trying to do something you're like mm -hmm, i get what you're saying and you're not triggered at all and you're able to re-establish that kind of boundary back again carol you're going to say something yeah, I mean, it's all to do with boundary setting is all to do with respect, isn't it? And it's the idea of um, when you, but also when you set a boundary, you need to be able to, like you said many times, follow through with that boundary. Mm. So there's no point setting a boundary and then, and then breaking it and like be yoga, I suppose it starts to get broken and then you start to allow that to happen so you you didn't set it firmly enough or you or it needs to be it, it needs to be re-established time and time again so that people really understand where that boundary is it's not you know they they might be okay one time but then the second class they start playing up again so yeah and also we can do it to ourselves as well. We can create something and then we can break it too. 
So it's kind of it goes both ways, which is which is also quite interesting. Then we've got um, yoga gives another definition of of boundary imbalance. It's called ati yoga. Ati means an excessive boundary. Um, Stanford, do you have any examples of excessive rules or excessive boundaries that can be put in place by people? <laughs> um, uh, something that came to mind, which is someone that I seen recently um she has much problem with her workplace because her boss kind of have excessive meetings and assess excessive rules of how work needs to be done like each letter need to be typed in a certain way the meeting need to be conducted in a certain way and sometimes even how the exchange it needs to be done in a certain way not like verbally not just emails and things like that and i think i think that probably is is an example of of excessive boundaries and and i i kind of get that because i've seen that in some some medical practice as well where it's almost a defensiveness going on where maybe they have seen some adverse outcome maybe they have serious incidents in the past where as a reaction to that almost i would use the word fear or, or sometimes insecurity they felt like they have to put extra amounts of control or rules in place so that they can feel safe again uh, but unfortunately, these rules don't just apply to themselves, but to everyone else around them or work for them or work with them as well. But that, that was an example of that straight away sprang to my mind. That That's my feeling, because there's when there's a, a sort of almost this excessive rules, or excessive links that are being created, it means that what's happening is that you, you get over control. Um, you, you, it, it, it's... It's not an easy interaction. It's it's very, very complicated. It is very, very controlling. It's very measured. And and like like the outset of the definition of boundary, it becomes like a fortress of a wall between one place and another place. There's just every rule in place. Almost you see it in behavioral patterns where people use these things as de as deflection techniques. And often people don't notice them, but you can't seem to break through it. You know, one of the questions is. I find quite a lot is, you know, I work with, with someone at the moment who every relationship this person gets into, the, they feel that, you know, they do make all the phone calls, they do all the dates, they do absolutely everything, but there doesn't seem to be anything coming back. And so they keep putting a huge amount of effort in, a huge amount of effort in, a huge amount of effort in, but yet nothing comes back. And it's only after about three or four of these separate dates that we begin to understand that actually there's a pattern, an underlying pattern in all of this, where what's happening is there's numbers of excessive rules that are being put in place on one side, but there is an attraction from this person to those excessive rules and a requirement and, a, and almost a desire to try and bake through those boundaries that are being put into play. And so we start to begin to understand how a person is working in these two different ways. Do, does that make sense, Stanford? Yep, and that, that makes challenging interaction most of the time. Mm. And I also, as you said, that sometimes another client sprang to mind, and very interestingly, he usually would describe himself as the people pleaser. It's like I'm doing all of these for other people. Why, why aren't I 
having the exchange back to me. And yeah, and I think even that it can be quite challenging to respond to. But this is where I think where we find the the interest, because if we start to go back about what we defined is that there is a boundary issue if we're getting hurt or someone else is getting hurt. But it also means we start to tell a story. And I think the story that we start to tell is that, you know, we start to kind of feel used or not seen or taken for granted or we want to have what others have or we feel not appreciated or we feel angry in a particular way or frustrated. You know, for me, there's all of these are signs that there's within this links that are being created, especially the interpersonal ones, there's an issue that's going on. Um, so I think that provides the evidence for us that there is an issue with regard to boundaries. And then we then have to begin to unravel and ask the questions about how the person reacts to a set of situations that they're actually in. Because when there is an excessive link and there is excessive rules that are in place, it's almost mm -hmm. that so-and-so feels one thing, but someone else feels something separate. If there's a whole lot of projection that's involved with this. There's a whole lot of attachment, but there also becomes lots of different personality issues and other issues that come out based on these links. So for me, it's why it becomes quite interesting because what yoga is doing is it's defining how the boundary is. It's setting all the different parameters of this. And then what we can do is we can then build a lot of the disorders that come out of these interactions. Um, we have a, another one called Mitya. Mitya um, yoga is, is where we don't have the correct boundary in place. We don't have the correct link in place. We don't have the correct union in place. So with the example that I gave earlier on with regard to we're friends, we're colleagues, you're my boss, who's in charge? And, and this idea of being able to swap between roles based on the context of the situation. So the builders come in and he knows that my friend wants to be his friend so he plays on that and and actually it creates an issue with regards to the boundaries between the two people so it, it means the boundary is not correct and it hasn't been correct at the outset and that's what starts to lead it into trouble but we're friends why isn't he finishing the building on my place he starts to get so upset as you always say i think transitioning is hard and like don't think I think most of us are not very good at transitioning especially between roles which is why I think the GMCs or the general medical council always say to your doctors try not to treat and care for your own loved ones like your friends and family because you do lose objectivity and I think um in any way shape or form I do avoid trying to teach or train my own family and friends because the, the exchange is different. The, as you said, the boundary is different. And the roles are different. And you can't really, you can't, I can't really easily move from one to the other without having the ex, extra emotional baggage or care or worries about that the other person, which I may not have if it's just a patient or just a just a client. Uh, yeah, so I think I think in both roles, in, in a therapist role, in a in a medical role, or even nursing role, any any healthcare professional alliance roles, I think 
un- unless you're very, very confident and have very, very experience in transition in between roles and maintaining very good boundaries. And also make sure at this at the same time, the other person can do the same. Because the other person might think, oh, but you're my friend or you're my son or you're my mom. Why are you being so mean to me? I, my strong suggestion from my personal experience, do not treat your loved one. <laughs> do, do not train and teach your loved one. <laughs> Tend not to end well. But isn't it interesting how there becomes numbers of different pulls on each of us at different times? So those pulls that we have, whether from someone that's very close to us or whether it's from something social that we've organised, whether it's something from work that we've involved in and how all of these different pulls come into play. So with Leo earlier, is that you've got this aggressor and you've got life. Um, you've got these this kind of this this these two forces that are happening, and how each of those forces, based on the role or the hat that we're wearing, it starts to become confused, and the boundary starts to become blurred as well. We have one final. Um, definition of yoga with regard to imbalances of boundaries um, it's called sam yoga it, it, it means that it, it's it's where there is a a very very deep connection um but that deep connection it it means that we're very aware of the boundary in place we've got the boundary we've got the this kind of union in place but yet it causes us pain so it's like we take things very, very personally indeed. I don't know if you've ever had that, where you have a link with something. I don't know if any of you guys have had this, where you've you've had a, a, a link with something. And as you've had that link, almost when someone's done something, and quite often it's when you're very close to someone, it just feels just a bit too personal, a bit too kind of close. So it's a deep link, but it's a very it, it causes a lot of pain. Not a hurt. Sometimes a lot of baggage. Mm. Yeah, I, I have, I have, I'm example, but I'm not quite sure if it's the second type or the fifth type. I, I'm, I'm contemplating where in, in the last workplace I worked in, uh, one of the things that I most often have to t- tell my colleagues is someone's sobriety or dependency is not ah. Uh, responsibility like mm-hmm. what we said earlier on like actually having the boundaries to actually owning our own action and even even if this is for the people that we're caring for because often they will have patients coming in saying oh you need to do this for me you need to organize this housing for me you need to get this medication for me you need to get the um, doctor to see me right now otherwise i don't think i i can carry on i will drink again or i'll use again i'm gonna go out and buy again and um, and then my colleagues will have to come um, talk to one of us or talk to my senior and say, well, this is what happened. And I think I, they're in terrible place. They're trying very, very hard and they are trying very, very hard. But as Colin said, like the second time where they keep testing the boundary because maybe under, in, uh, underneath, under the surface, they, they haven't had a very good set of boundaries when they were younger or you know leading up to the problem, which is why they have the problem of addiction. So even with us, even though the boundary is set quite clearly by our guidelines, they're still trying to test the boundaries. And often our conversation, myself with a colleague, will end up having been 
you have to we have to remember we can never make a person drink or use drugs you know we we, we don't hold the needles to their hand or drugs underneath their nose or bottles to their mouth we can't force them to drink if they don't want to which means at the same time we can't force them to get sober and you know recover that that is their job and i think sometimes we also can get too attached because on the flip side of that, um, on the flip side of feeling a failure, oh my God, my patient relapsed, my patient drank again, used again. It's actually when they recover, we took their success. Where it's like, oh my God, he, he or she is sober now. Oh my God, done such a good job. This is all my doing. I want to, and, and, and it is good because we want to feel satisfied and, and, and happy and, you know, kind of accomplish something in a job that is natural and normal. But sometimes there, there can be a pitfall that we take too much of their success as well. We have to realize that's their job. We help them, but they, they did the main thing. So I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure if my example is the second or the fifth or combination of both where we almost got too involved. But there's also something with power in here as well. And how how do we how do we hold our power and how does someone try and prize power out of our hands or how do we in other situations give our power away and let someone hold on to it and wonder why we feel powerless and for me there's the see the interaction that we're having if we're having an interaction we're defining a boundary not just as a point of something ending and something else beginning, but a point of contact, a point where we link it. And how do we create a healthy, stable link? And how within that healthy, stable link do we hold our own power, are able to give, but also get back what is appropriate based on the role that we're taking in that situation? I think it's 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 kind of like it's a complex thing, but I think there's something with power here as well, isn't there? Absolutely. There's a lot of power in play or power play. Mm. And again, linking back to what I said earlier on, I think then the sense of identity, I think once again, is very important because in order to be able to hold that stable yet flexible link or in the Western definition, you know, where, where, the, where the line is drawn, you kind of have to know where you are at to begin with, because otherwise it's just very hard to know what to say yes to, what to say no to. Um, and I guess that that is also why the boundary itself has to be flexible. Um, I'll give an example that I, I, that I read from that witchcraft book that I read. It's talking about a love spell. And, and as always, anyone who read any witchcraft books should know or watch any movies, TV shows about, you know, spells and witchcraft know you should never try to change someone's mind and manipulate someone else. But it talks about, you know, when you when you want to work for a relationship spells or a kind of like a um, love spell, you try to imagine the quality of the person that you want to be with and what feelings you will have when you are with that person. And in some way, that is for you to say yes to things that, okay, actually, that quality in that partner will really nourish me and support me and will give me joy and what will turn me off. But there is a caveat where actually that probably change between partners. There are some partners that are like, oh, initially I thought that is a good thing. 
let's say someone who's very very confident I thought that's a good thing and that will make me feel secure they can take care of me and then one partner after realized that can also mean that person is incredibly arrogant and I can never really deal with that so I actually want someone who's slightly more humble like secure but humble rather than overly confident so I think I think that line as we get to understand ourselves or as we interact more with the world that internal line also changed which is probably why coming to the boundaries of how we interact with other things that point probably will shift as well I don't know am I explaining myself or giving good good enough example yeah we what we're finding is that we're finding that we can learn about there is a boundary issue because of the interactions we're having and we're also only learning that because we are understanding that things are not quite going our way so we find ourselves we're actually in a little bit of pain and that's the only time that unless what we're doing is that we don't understand and we don't want to question ourselves we need to begin to question ourselves because we need to understand whether we're actually repeating the same thing again and again even though it looks slightly different we also need to understand what triggers we actually need to be aware of as part of this because often there'll be a trigger with regard to the way that we're acting and the response that we're getting back as well and also the pattern that we are playing out not just on the surface but also underneath and so for me this boundary that we're all these set of boundaries that we're discussing there needs to be some kind of awareness and the awareness is often about how are we reacting responding aware of based on the situation that we're finding ourselves in and what we're actually doing based on that so yoga is quite good at this um Sankhya Karika breaks down the way that we take information in through and, and, and through our eyes, through our ears, through our nose, through our mouth, through our touch. So you take in through this way. And in fact, all of these senses become the points of boundary for us to actually take things in. And we can either increase or decrease them. We can either mute them. You know, we don't want to see something. We don't want to hear something. We don't want to smell something. We don't want to taste something. We can actually block off not just the physical aspect of it, but also we, as we take it into our brain, we can start to begin to cut off these other things as well. But the other thing for me that becomes quite interesting is that we respond to that first level based on our patterning, based on our foundation that we have, based on our memories. We actually respond to it in only using an unsophisticated set of tools. We can move our legs in space so we can run away from a situation or we can freeze and not do anything because we can't move our legs in space. Or we can jig our feet or do some various other things. We can use our hands to grasp things. We can use our mouth to communicate and speak. Or we can use our genitals. So what we tend to find is that actually we're very, very unsophisticated creatures and we create our outward boundaries in these, in these kind of methods. Or we can actually 
violate boundaries, others' boundaries, using these methods as well. So what we find is that by taking stuff in and taking stuff out, we are creating these links that we've got, but we're also able to maybe push back a little bit or pull back a little bit, or we can go into someone too much, or we can go not enough in that relationship. So actually we can judge the boundary in the wrong way, or we can get too close or we can get too far within the boundary. Does that make any sense, Stanford? Yes, and I, I love how you brought in the senses um, in as well, and how, how it's not just a physical ability to have the sense, but also actually the mental capacity, the memories, experience of it. Because actually, yeah, we've been talking mostly about boundaries in relationship with other people, maybe friends, family, or workplace, or you know, acquaintance, love, intimate relationship. But actually, I, I, I was also reflecting about boundaries. There are also boundaries with almost like the, the material world, like what are boundaries, financially speaking, what are boundaries with the space itself, with your home space, um, with nature or with your religion, with your spiritual belief, with your political belief, or just belief in general. Um, how was your, what's my boundary with time, uh, my boundary with my energy? And I think these are all boundaries to negotiate with. And I think the more I more 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 I think about examples or how to set healthy boundaries, the more, the more complicated it almost got. But then I remember that like actually, if you can practice and attain towards a more healthier one in one, I tend to have more ability to have a healthier boundary in a, in another thing because I kind of had that experience of that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a lot of trial and tribulation because sometimes there are certain underlying fear or memories or or um, habits that needs to kind of be conquered almost. I don't know. I think food and probably money is two very good examples where the boundary lies or not lies. You've, you've actually touched on something quite interesting because... Um, you're right, and not just about physical boundaries, energetic boundaries, mental boundaries. The belief system that we construct our boundaries with, but also emotional boundaries and also spiritual boundaries. But also, how do we describe what a healthy boundary is? And yoga describes a healthy boundary that actually is a link where there is no pain involved. So there isn't any, it's, it's, it's something that doesn't hurt. So it's a link that does not hurt. That is a healthy boundary. And I, I, I really like that question that you pose because I, I think that otherwise what happens is we start to lay down numbers of different rules about what is healthy and unhealthy as a general rule. But actually some things are very important as a rule and other thing morally and other things actually need to be tweaked and other boundaries need to be tweaked i like that i need to think more about that so healthy boundaries something that doesn't hurt i think i think that's that's very good definition i i'm, I'm only pondering because i think sometimes 
sometimes we almost tell ourselves, but some some pain are good. Like my immediate response, some pain can be good. Sometimes it's growing pain. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like that that that's a pain pain. That's a bad pain, and that's a good pain. You know, you can have some good pain, but I actually quite like it. A healthy boundary where where it doesn't hurt. But I think growing pain is one where actually we look to refine something. We need to refine something. You know, if yeah. I've got a growing pain, which means that let's say I've got a situation where someone's being a pain in the butt, yoga will say, actually, you need to go through and you yeah. need to start to understand how, you know, there's something going on here. What rules are you putting in place? Why is that person triggering you? You know, so yoga's got, you know, if you step through exactly what the first and second chapter of Yoga Sutra talk about, is actually talk about this whole thing. They, they break it down into beautiful detail to say, you know, what are the rules that you're putting in place? Why why isn't it working for you at the moment? Are you being too rigid? Are you being too flexible? What What's the, you know, where are you coming from with this? Um, because it, it, it's a very fragile thing in a fragile world. Yeah. And grow, growing pain is necessary, but you can't be forever growing. And maybe the growing is towards a place that doesn't hurt, where you have healthy boundaries. Cool. I, I cannot believe this has been an hour. Um, Stanford, it's been an absolute pleasure to see you again. Um, what would you take away from today? I think I will take away the question, is boundary about the separation or the union? I need to think some more on that. Uh, and, and for me, this is also a very interesting question as well. And the boundaries, are they fixed or are they flexible? Is it something that creates expansion or does it create contraction? Does it confine? And also, is a boundary something that doesn't hurt or should boundaries actually hurt? Until next time. I think you need to do a boundary part two. <laughs> Just because I think there's so much more to kind of delve into with boundaries. I find it fascinating. Or maybe that's for the next round. But boundaries would be interesting. There's a Because the thing is, there's also how do we lay down boundaries, which I think becomes important. And actually, which, you know, there's the awareness of it. How do we lay them down? The rules that we put in place, how... Do we navigate? What I find very interesting about chapter two of Yoga Sutra is that it gives all of this, all these ideas, because what we're presented with every single day of our life is we're actually presented with situations where our boundaries are being tested again and again. And I think right now, especially in our society at this point in time, a lot of boundaries are being tested in more ways than you can possibly imagine. And it's interesting to, to look at why boundaries are being tested as well. So mm. why, why are we finding that more boundaries are being tested again and again and again? So what's mm. going on there? Why do people feel they need to regain power or, or they need to... And what does yoga say about people who want to keep regaining power back? by breaking boundaries, I suppose, would be interesting. Yeah. 
Sounds like definitely boundary part two. <laughs> cool. Thank, Thank you. you. Good night, everyone. <laughs> Thank you so much, everyone. Thank you for coming. Really appreciate it. I hope you have a wonderful evening.